0: Good morning, it's good to be gathered together here with you this morning, reflecting on our daily walk and action, and uh, I trust that we find encouragement as we relate together in light of the needs of our lives and God's glorious provisions for us in so many ways. And. reminders of what it means to be a child of God, not because of any of our merits, but because of His mercy and His glorious grace and blessing in our lives. It's good to be here. I didn't know this was going to necessarily develop this way, but um, as I discussed, I had anticipated being able to address uh, somewhat a preordination message in, in the congregations where I relate. And and then Brother Evan wanted to trade there a few Sundays back and sort of messed with my schedule <laughs> in a good way. It wasn't a bad thing. But then the question was, well, I thought, well, Brother Nelson, I could get him to do it. <laughs> He's well experienced. And, um, and discussing it with him, he... Thought it would be just as well if I would proceed to take his his assignment today, and we'll give him an opportunity later. So, this morning I um, do plan to focus for the message in a simple way. Of simply, uh, title I've given the message is "Sounding the Call for Ordination." Um. You know, it seems like it varies from time to time, but it is a common need amongst us as we experience the life of church life, of congregational life, of our districts, of our conference, the process of age, etc., that happens, and um, probably as I reflected on that circumstance I had to think about even from as a young boy, I can recall the impact, the the importance of the life of the church in this regard of ordination work and the varied ways it was looked upon by different ones, varied experiences that were had. And so it, it's a reminder to us that it's a very important, essential part of the life of the church, and yet it's one as well that it quite often commands our thoughts, our focus, our emotions to a degree. It, it's something of anticipation of the potential for change, changes that can come. Do we like change? Sometimes we think we do if we can pick and choose them. (laughs) Um, How does that relate to the life of the church? For what purpose is the calling of, of brethren to fill the needs, to be given the charges to serve in the life of the church? We know that it's not some political position or campaigning going on, we'll look look at that a little bit more as we go along, but as we consider the possibilities of the coming needs before us, how will I respond to those potential changes? How How do I consider them, and we might think, well, it's broader than myself, but that Broad's response will involve each one of us in our perspective and our approach toward it, uh, the, rela- the way we relate to that. <clears throat> it brings relationship changes within our people, and you may, one of the things that may be in focus this morning is well, this likely won't affect our congregation. But we do ordain, as, as we have stated in the announcements, from the district, for the district. So it is not without <clears throat> the possibility of having effects in a, in a local way. But it also does have an effect because every brother that is called and, and ordained to serve, their life, their dedication, their commitment, has an impact on all of our churches in a very real way. So let's not forget that aspect. You know, sometimes I think, well, <clears throat> we can have the mindset, well, I'm uh, a part of the Pike congregation and what happens over there, McGacky'sville or South Boston, Ebenezer, or wherever, it doesn't really affect me so much. or Whoever's serving there doesn't really pertain to me that much, but I would like to encourage you to think about the fact that whether it's there, here, wherever, those that are called to serve the church in special charges, that don't forget, you may be tempted to think you don't need them. They don't really pertain to me. They're not my pastor. I'm being a bit putting this in where the where the rubber meets the road sometimes. But don't forget, they need you. They need your input. They need your communication. They need your fellowship. They need your exhortation. They need your encouragement. And um And it may not only be for those that could be called, ordained, but those that could be a part of that process that involve a lot of thought and consideration and surrender to the process of ordination. By way of scriptures this morning, I don't plan to share too many, but I would like to invite you to 1 Thessalonians 5, pertinent verses here, Paul here in his exhortation, in verses 12 and 13, he says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Some time ago recent in the recent past, as I was looking through these verses again, I was impressed. Perhaps I <clears throat> didn't fully understand. Sometimes we don't always fully understand unless we take the English word or the King James word and we look back behind it to see what's behind it and the word to esteem highly there as I understand it is not one to to hold up and put on a pedestal but one to, to, uh, in essence, assist in their work, assist in their charge, acknowledge their work, make way for their labor. That type of thing, Um, so uh, keep that in perspective as you think about what we're looking at here this morning. To know them which labor among you, those that are serving in your midst, is a very important aspect. Ministers, the ordained are called to serve in the life of the church in the midst of current needs. In Hebrews as well, there's another verse I would like to bring to your attention. Hebrews chapter 13 follows a little bit after the thought of the hymn we've sung together this morning. Would men know that you've been with Jesus, Hebrews 13.7 talks about our faith and then later in the chapter as well, but he says, remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Now most of you probably heard me express some explanation of verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, in the King James it says, it says, um, the r- word rule there is, is actually a word that would mean to, to teach or to shepherd, to pastor in the Spanish. Um, it is not a, an iron-fisted picture of directing hard-handed, but he says, remember them whose faith follow. A faith that reflects the work, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in its manifestation. Verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you as well. Here again, it uses that same phrase and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. And I'd like to bring this in, in a particular way because amongst the many and varied changes that come into the lives of brethren who are called to serve in a new ordination charge or a a a different charge an additional charge is the fact that they're by virtue of their responsibility it changes their perspective it says for they watch for your souls trust I trust this morning that we as brothers and sisters have a sense of care and watchfulness for each other as brothers and sisters and yet as brethren are called to serve there is an added degree of of coming to understand of coming to to feel the burden of the souls of men and the need to nurture to disciple to connect with takes on a little different angle, a little different uh, aspect in which that care will be on a deeper level than perhaps before, in a broader sense than perhaps before, their aspect or uh, connections and relationships. One of the other aspects of that shepherding call is as servants of God, as ministers of the gospel, there is that call to, to press into or to impact the lives of those that are hearing, observing, are being taught the truths of the word of God and, um, that carries a deeper responsibility, a deeper, deeper measure than oftentimes we, we feel as just brothers we can share, and, and yet as we look on the brotherhood, there is that need to convey truth and bring about understanding from the Word of God that creates an openness for the divine indwelling and filling into the life of each believer. <clears throat> so here again, that, that can only happen as we as brothers and sisters, children of God, are spirit-filled, are spirit-led, are committed to the Word of God and can serve uh, on the foundation of the joy of our salvation, of the joy of being a child of God and knowing the blessings that, that without merit we enjoy, that we are blessed with, we are benefited by. For they watch for your souls that they as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Coming back to sounding the call for ordination work, the, I've pondered again recently the aspect of do we consider it our participation as brothers and sisters in this process an act of worship? I'd like you to think about that this morning. I'll probably touch on it a little bit more as we go along. Um, Do we consider it an act of worship? I believe we'll see that it is very real in that sense, for the scriptures call us to a participation with respect, a participation with respect to attitudes of submission, with Participation that acknowledges the need for adjustments, I alluded to that already, that sometimes these processes can bring changes that uh, some we anticipate, some we don't always. And, um, And yet it takes ongoing flexibility and surrender before God on all of our parts, and we'll look at that a little bit more as we go forward this morning. I believe without doubt, as you anticipate the ordination work, you're thinking, you're made to think of brethren, of men, of wisdom, of discipline, of stability, of commitment to God and the church. And we'll break that down a little bit more, but I'd like to to get down to a more basic level that makes the work of ordinations a blessing and one in which we can stand in awe of how God leads in our needs, in our midst. And that element of the trust, that for us to be blessed in it, there must be the element of trust, that we trust God to lead us. We trust God to direct us in that process with various elements involved, we trust god we trust each other as brothers and sisters we trust ministry we trust many ways we are called to trust and i want to look at some of those now you might think well what does that have to do with it so much it has a lot to do with it i believe because where there is the ability to trust where there's the commitment surrender to trust, and as each one of us takes our, our roles in this work, it makes it possible for us to do it as an act of faith. And as we do it as an act of faith and trusting of God, it removes the fear, the lack of, or the, the potential for us to think, well, how am I going to deal with the outcome of this? if I feel like I need to be in control of all aspects of it. So we, we want to be blessed with the exercise of faith instead of struggling with fear. I made an a opening comment regarding the element of emotions in the lives of of men in these areas. But we need to acknowledge and be grateful for the fact that this work is a is something that should be a normal part of church life as the Lord tarries because um, the reality is that the fact is brethren called to serve don't have a longer lifespan than the rest of you. And might many times maybe, maybe even shorter because of serving, <laughs> possibly. Um, so, you know, there is that element of looking to The coming of ordination work is something that's a part of church life, and it should have a sense of of fulfillment and satisfaction in meeting the needs of the body of Christ. With regard to trust, there is, I referred to it briefly already, the need for uh, those involved in the work to do all on our parts, to, to... Cultivate to make sure, to assure the trust in that effort. Um, And you know, sometimes it's unfortunate that through life, and we look back in history, many times it's those situations that trust was not there for whatever reason, rightly or wrongly, and those are the ones that are remembered. And I reflected briefly, not exclusively, but briefly on our conference church life. And I know we've we've had some, some challenges along the way, but I've thought about many of our brethren that have been ordained and have served faithfully. And we tend to forget about how God has led in a very real way, in a very positive way. And... Um, So, I'd encourage you to to seek to consider that in a broad sense as you think about that. Another element of trust I referred to a little bit is that, that need for myself, for each one of us to approach it with a sense of surrender, that we are committing it to God. We have we understand there is a process by which we approach these needs, and there is a a need for each one of us, regardless of our our gender, as brothers and sisters, of our duties, our uh, that we surrender ourselves before God as individuals, and corporately, and as as the ordained as well, because there is not. One of us that has um, any role that does not need to be surrendered. The element of prayer and fasting was mentioned in the announcement Luke read today regarding the nomination service schedule. Um, I think all of us identify with the, the element of the impact of of prayer and. Fasting of allowing us to have a deeper insight into what constitutes our participation in this process as an act of worship. One of the elements of I appreciate in our church setting and process is the the fact that The aspect of popularity is somewhat diminished in how we approach the ordination work. Um, in other words, in some settings, you may you may hear that a congregation will vote for brethren, and they need to have so s- certain. It's based on the highest percentage of support versus a group of qualified brethren, and. Um, with the limited amount of nomination votes required, there is potential for that to to overrule some of the uh, p- potential popularity aspect. Here again, if we are truly involving ourselves as a as an element of worship, that will come into into focus as well. Thinking about the work of calling brethren, I would suggest that we remind ourselves that, well, let me say this, Brother Randy Hurst is scheduled to bring the qualifications message. And I, I have no, I'm sure he'll do a uh, be a blessing to us. And yet I think there's value and virtue in us talking about, sharing about things in a more home home level home church level um, but qualifications as the scriptures denote to a great extent um, are more important than than conditions always in other words those that would be called to serve or nominated are they qualified according to the scriptural Directives. In other words, you can have those that are perhaps better positioned, uh, more well financially grounded, more able to give of their time, but they may not necessarily meet the same qualifications. They may not be as qualified as other brethren. So I would encourage you to keep that in mind. Rich versus poor, intelligent versus average. Are there... um, We'll look at a few other variables along to ponder as you pray about these areas. Another condition that is very pertinent, very important is the level of commitment that brethren have? Are they completely committed to the life and work of the church or do they have a strong perspective and a few thoughts of their own? I'd like to consider with you as well the further aspect of integrity. You know, I'm not sure what, if we could turn over all the stones of history, all the details we would find out. But the scriptures do talk about those that were told to appoint elders in every city. Uh, We don't know all of how that occurred. We do know, it seems, that, that the deacons were named from among the people of the local people. We have record of that. But um, I acknowledge this morning to you that the process that we as a conference have in place for uh, seeking out those to serve in our midst is different than it's not all the same amongst even the conservative churches. We have brethren here this morning from another group from Cumberland Valley, I see, and, you know, they do some things a little different than we do. And um, so there are some variables, and yet one of the things as I was pondering what to share in this message, I was blessed with the sense of the, the aspect of harmony between the involvement of the Brotherhood and the working together uh, of the of the ministry and the role they have in taking it all together to coming to, um, to understand the Lord's leading and providing for the needs of ministers. And you might ask, well, what do you mean? And I'm, I want to explain it a little fuller, but um, for example, when we take nominations, that in different settings that's viewed differently to some extent. But it's in a general sense, there, there is the aspect of giving nominations, which we consider what we often hear is the voice of the church. We hear that term used, I think we could understand that. And then there is the potential for, um, maybe not in every case, but I think in most of our cases there is the potential for concerns to be raised about those being considered and i'll just remove all doubt in your mind but there were always concerns about me now that might uh, might unsettle some of you <laughs> But it's, it's a reality of that process of the voice of the church being given and being echoed in light of scripture. So do you understand further what I'm saying when I talk about all of us need to surrender ourselves in this process? On everyone's part but as we wait before God we can have confidence if we're committed to any involvement we have of nominating the Spirit leads us to give a nomination that it be on part and according to our understanding of his direction of the process in place. This work is not a work of a political campaign, it's not a work of, with regard to integrity of, of comparing or promoting those amongst yourselves of who you think should be nominated, but it's a matter of prayer and consideration um, regarding those that should be offered. I know sometimes there is consideration given, but we need to be careful that, that the Spirit leads us and we don't um, bring integrity into question by our own individual actions and conduct. Sometimes even it's perhaps there are those that would say, would like to share with with others later who they nominated, that might be appropriate. It might be worth waiting a little while. It may not be beneficial as as you may think. I recall one time through the years when a brother approached me and uh, asked me, weren't you nominated? How would you answer that question? I don't know what he thought he knew that I didn't. But <laughs> I just said no, left it. Not that I know of. Um, so these, these works can, can test our surrender to the Lord, our commitment, our resting in Him, our trusting in Him. Requires surrender on the ministry's part just as much as any of the laity as well. Confidence with information, confidentiality with information, with counsels given um, that um, are very much a part of the work and yet they cannot be just, um, they must be considered and yet not mishandled on the part of those involved. Sometimes I think, you know, we have the acknowledgement that the bishops are in charge of carrying out the work of ordinations and yet there's a very real way in which we are merely following through the process because it's a matter of coming to the people, as you recall months ago, getting permission to consider this work. It's a matter of consulting with the district ministry even before that happens. Um, Allowing them to give direction and concerns, uh, submit concerns to consider how we should move forward. Um, I'd like to read Not many times I do, but I want to read a a couple of paragraphs from our rules and discipline under qualifications and um, these will be touched on I'm sure in the message for the nomination services but I'd like you to be thinking about this and the importance of them. Qualifications, only such brethren as are scripturally qualified in soundness of faith, in spirituality, in personality, in purity of life and in suitable abilities shall be taken into the lot, otherwise ordained or licensed. They shall be examples to the flock in spirituality, in conduct, and attire. They shall wear the plain coat and no necktie. Bishops in charge of any ordination shall exercise carefulness, including only those brethren who meet these qualifications. The questionnaire approved by this conference shall be used to help determine qualifications for ordination or license the wives of brethren being considered shall likewise exemplify suitable scriptural qualifications and shall by word and example promote the ideals for Christian living set forth in this rules and discipline. I'm not sure what all you, you absorbed in reading that. I'd encourage you to read over it in the coming weeks as you pray about this work. It points out certain parameters that limit uh, the options for those considered for ordination. And it also um, even extends beyond those that might be nominated in the sense of the carefulness that should be given and the further interview examination process. you know, in, in interviewing brethren that are nominated, there is, it is a sober time. It is a somber time. It's, it's a bit of a scary time when you're there being asked questions about what you understand and what you know and what you believe and what you support. So pray for, for this work in a very broad way. You know, sometimes when we think about who could be called or who should be nominated, there's a potential for pride in our lives. You know, someone may think, well, I just don't know anyone to nominate, or they might think, well, maybe myself or others struggle with surrender in a different way. They may say, here am I, send him. (laughs) Here am I, send him. (laughs) I'm yours, O Lord, but please, not me. Is there a lack of surrender there? Possibly. So these needs, these areas can manifest themselves in many ways, and... um, As we rest in God, as we seek to allow Him, ask Him to seek His face to lead us, it is important that we consider in the light of the word what kind of brethren should be considered. I referred already to those that are committed. If you read this paragraph again with me, these two paragraphs, it talked about levels of their commitment that is exemplified in their testimony and in their actions in how they support the life of the church, the positions the church has in place, the life and conduct of our sisters, of those brethren, is very, very important, that they be in support of what their husbands may be called to It's not just a matter of for the outward positions, applications we have, but doctrinal positions as well. And today, in a day and age in which many of us are being tested by the inflow of information from many sources in the Christian world, our positions doctrinally are being challenged. Should I nominate, should you nominate anyone who may be unconvinced of where we stand doctrinally? Do they have stability? Do they have a gentle, calm way of finding more answers than questions? Things to consider. Are they a zealous promoter of the brotherhood? Are they available? Are they able to be available? And you know, sometimes some of that has a grow, way of growing on us. Um, our makeup is different. I was talking to someone just recently about a brother who has served well and yet his, his strong suit is not uh, being available for people as such. And yet as a shepherd, that's something that is very much in demand, should be very much in demand. In season and out of season, when it suits and when it doesn't suit, are you able to do it when it doesn't suit? Is it first priority? or one you'd rather not? Who are those brethren that are committed to that level? Our time is, is not far from expended, but I would like to touch on just a couple of other things pertinent here yet. I referred to the process we have in place, it's variables that it presents, the possibility for nominations. There is the possibility that we have nominations then there is, is not, there are not brethren provided. That happens occasionally. I don't recall it happening in the, our district recently, but some of you may. The Potential for those nominated to to come under the scrutiny of concerns shared. That's a very real possibility for, as I stated, many, most, probably most all brethren in the ministry face some level of scrutiny that wasn't always. It doesn't make you feel good. And yet, it's a tool to acknowledge you're not prepared or else some areas you need to work on. So it takes surrender on all of our parts, dear ones. When you give a name, are you willing to pray for that brother, that couple, that they have the grace and peace to submit themselves to that process and the testing it could bring into their life I would hasten on to say that these are stepping stones, these are growth, times of growth, spiritual growth that come through these areas. And I'll return to that aspect of the harmony of working together, of hearing the voice of the people, considering the echoes that come regarding those names, considering that picture and moving forward as the Lord provides. Recently a question came, and I will just speak to it from from this point as well. Um, In some settings, there are opportunities for nominations from those not present at the nomination services, uh, and I think we've kind of set a little bit of a precedent for that in the past because of Ebenezer and Caswell being in the south a good ways away. Uh, This time we do have plans for uh, more than one nomination service which will alleviate the majority of that Um, and we have consulted and said we will consider nominations from someone who has, is unable to be there for, for obvious reasons. Uh, If they feel like they should share a nomination, I would offer the caution and the balance of the fact that in those events, in those settings, I would encourage you to consider what you may be missing in hearing God's word spoken through Brother Andy or any other brother that's bringing the Mm qualifications message. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, if we are, if this is to be an act of surrender, an act of worship, we shouldn't take a casual approach toward just sending in names and not being willing to be there. I'm not saying that's not possible at times, but uh, just a word of caution there. Make it a real part of prayer and commitment on your part as an individual. This message is one that is not standard by my normal thinking, and uh, thank you for your kind attention and prayer. I trust these thoughts will be a help to each one of us as we seek to prepare our hearts and lives to take our place as we involve ourselves in the life of the body of the Church and filling the needs for our brethren to serve in our midst, to serve together. If you have any particular questions, feel free to bring them to me, to one of us. Uh, I may have an answer, I may need counsel, but um, I would like for us as a people to be able to enter in with a sense of peace of anticipation, with a spirit of anticipating God blessing and directing in a way that is vi- is viable for the coming years of the people as we worship together. I had to think of the Old Testament setting, which is talked about there in Psalm 106, I believe it is. It talks about that they forgot God. And they request, they lusted, and they asked certain things from a fleshly perspective. And it says God sent leanness unto their soul. For the future of the brotherhood, it is important that brethren, committed brethren, qualified brethren, spirit-led brethren be called to serve as they surrender themselves before God and walking with us in the way.